Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. As Christians, often we believe this. Well, God, I can be free, and I can be fruitful, and I can show the fruit of the Spirit, and a lot of neat things in my life. I can do all of those things when times are going good. But what is this trial you put me under? I can't be fruitful there. And here goes our mouth. No, that's wrong. In the middle of trials, Joseph learned to be free, fruitful, by forgiving and forgetting. It's so true, isn't it? We can do all things through Christ as long as we don't have any troubles in our lives. Our kids are behaving and all our bills are paid with money left over. How then do we explain the quality of character displayed by Joseph? Pastor Mark will be teaching us about Joseph's secret, which we can implement in our own lives. We can learn that by trusting that God has a plan for our lives, well, that'll help us cope with difficulties when they come. Joseph's ability to forgive and allow God to help him forget his troubles enabled him to live a fruitful and joyous life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapters 46 through 49 with part two of his message, Real Freedom in Action. Verse 8, look at verse 8. This is to my Father's glory. You can read it like this. This is how to please God. Oh, wait a minute. Let me go back. I was created to please God. Oh, I got to read this first. This is to my Father's glory. This is how to please God. That you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Skip on down to verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go, to go, by the way, to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So let's go back for a moment. I was created uniquely by God. Every single one of you were. The purpose I was created is to bring glory and, and pleasure to God. Well, how do I bring pleasure to God? Well, first of all, the only way to bring pleasure to God is to have a relationship with him. Well, Jesus is the vine. So I have to come to Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I have to come to Jesus, and I have to have a relationship with him. I have to be born again. That's what it means, be saved, be a Christian. It's not a religious thing. It's not, I'm, I'm a member. No, a member is useless. In a moment, at the end of the service, we'll take communion. It's not about taking communion. It's a vibrant, living relationship. And if I have a living relationship with him, because of that relationship, because of all the, the nutrients and so forth that's going to come up in my life, I, I'll prove that I have a relationship with him because what's going to form out here? Fruit. We'll say, Pastor Mark, I got this already, but fruit. What do you, what do you say? 
you know, people from California like fruits and nuts. That's what California's like. What do you, what do you mean by fruit? You're talking about Christmas fruitcake like you like? And, you know, with, no, I'm not talking about that. What is fruit? Well, I'm going to show you in the Bible five categories of fruit. Now, you need to write this down. And you'll not only write it down, but look in your own life and go, um, is that happening in my life? Here we go. First kind of fruit basically is the fruit of the spirit, and it relates to my character. And the motivation for that is love. We'll talk about that more at the end. So the first thing that we'll be showing if I have a real relationship with Christ is I have that fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kind, those kind of things. We'll see that at the end. All motivated by, by love. Not because, well, i got to please God. No, you love to please God. Second, Godly witness. If I'm related to Jesus Christ, Romans chapter 1 says, I'll be involved in winning souls, sharing the gospel, bringing people to Christ. That's fruit. Number three, godly works. Just doing good things. Having a party tonight, inviting people over, helping your neighbors, helping during the storm, doing, being a parent, raising your children. All these things, they're just good things. And they're godly things. That's good. It's good for God because we're serving him. We're taking care of the poor. All those kind of things. Next, godly giving. In other words, I know that everything I have is a gift from God, including my life. So everything he gives me, I just simply in my finances give back to him. Tithes and offerings. And I do it because I love God. And that's fruit. Next, godly praise. You can tell a Christian, a mature Christian, by not only their character and, and, and that they're involved sharing the gospel and, and that they give of their offerings and finances and, and uh, that they're just doing lots of good things, but also the, the things that come out of their mouth, positive words and a thankful lifestyle. You see, that's freedom in action. If I have a relationship with God, those kind of things are going to be in my life. That's point number five this morning. After I freed myself, Satan doesn't want this. He definitely doesn't want the winning of souls. But he doesn't want any of these in my life. If I'm not free, if I have hurts in the past, sins in the past, I can't, I can't allow any of those things. They won't happen in my life. But if I have forgiven and done all those things, unless I put this into action, I won't be free either. Now, here's a key. As you look at all those, remember one thing. God produces the fruit. I can't produce it. I'm just, watch me, here's the branch hanging into the vine. All I have to do is hang. I just have to be in a relationship with Jesus. I'm just hanging out. And as I do it, God works through me. And he produces this fruit. Have you ever gone in your backyard, big grapefruit tree and orange tree? And you go out there and hear this. Grapefruit tree's trying to produce fruit. The best it could ever do would be like a little kumquat or something like that. It ain't going to do it. It can't. You and I can't do it. So God does it in and through us. So don't leave here this morning. I gotta get love. You can't do it. It comes from abiding. It comes from 
relating to God on a 24-7. And those things then become evident in my life. And so here's the key you got to write down. God freed us to go and do his thing by being fruitful. It's not my thing. It's his thing. It's his thing. Now, let's go to Genesis, first book of the Bible. Let's talk about Joseph. Let's walk this through. And I think it would be powerful for you as we do that. Genesis chapter 41. Now, remember, Joseph, and we won't go through all the story, but Joseph has been sold into slavery. He goes through all these hurts. Eventually, he gets married. And his brothers hurt him. Potiphar's wife lied about him. He gets forgotten in prison. And yet, he's always rising to the top. He's always in favor. So Joseph names two of his sons. Genesis 41, 51. It says, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. So his first son is named Manasseh. It means to forget. That's wonderful. He forgave his brothers and he forgot the hurt. Second, look at verse 52. Now the second son he named Ephraim. Now, Ephraim means fruitful. Notice what it says. It is because God has made me fruitful in the land, you want to underscore this, of my suffering. In the midst of all those years, some of those years with great suffering, lied about, cheated, rejected, forgotten, God made Joseph fruitful. In Egypt, God allowed Joseph to forgive, to forget, to be free, and to be fruitful. In the midst of difficult circumstances, Joseph learned by forgiving, forgetting, allowing God just to deal with his life, he learned to be free, to enjoy life in the middle of very trying circumstances. As Christians, often we believe this. Well, God, I can be free and I can be fruitful and I can show the fruit of the Spirit and a lot of neat things in my life. I can do all of those things when times are going good. But what is this trial you put me under? I can't be fruitful there. And here goes our mouth. No, that's wrong. In the middle of trials, Joseph learned to be free, fruitful, by forgiving and forgetting. Turn to chapter 49, Genesis, verse 22. Let me give you the story. You remember Joseph finally got freed from jail. He goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream. He can't interpret it. Joseph said, well, God can. He interprets it. There's going to be seven years of great harvest and then seven years of worldwide famine. And Joseph says, I have a plan from God. What you need to do, 20% every year, put aside, and then when the famine comes, we'll be fine. Well, make a long story short, what happened is, indeed, those things took place. And there was this little nation called Israel. Israel at this time, listen, 70 people. 
and they came to the famine, and they're about to be wiped out. So through a series of circumstances, Joseph's brothers come to Egypt. You learn that Joseph had to say to them, hi, I'm your bro. They didn't know it. And then he said, no, I'm not going to kill you. I forgive you. And they couldn't believe it. Well, over a period of time, the whole 70, because now it's famine, they had to move to Egypt to get grain. They moved there and they enjoy this great favor. Pharaoh says, take this land of Goshen down here. My favor's on you. Joseph's always getting favor from God. Why? Because he's free. You say, well, I want favor from God. Hello. And as he does this, they begin living there. Now, Jacob is getting near. His dad is getting ready to die. He's 147. He's the smucker plus guy for sure. 147. And what you did in those days, the patriarch would get the sons around them and bless them. So he's blessing the sons. I don't have time to go through this chapter 49. We're just going to look at Joseph's blessing. Look at verse 22. Jacob says this. Joseph is a fruitful vine. Three keys here. He's a fruitful vine, number one. A fruitful vine near a spring, number two. And number three whose branches climb over a wall. So as Jacob is approaching death, he says to Joseph, well, you've been very fruitful in Egypt, Joseph, all this time. In fact, we're living today because you allowed that and you listened to God. But now in the future, Joseph, here's what God says about you. He's going to extend this fruitfulness beyond the borders. The the vine goes over the wall. And it's going to be even beyond your lifetime. And you're going to be just be blessed. And your tribes and your sons are going to be blessed by God. Because the vine is attached or close to a spring. Now, how do we know what happens with all of this? Well, for sure, the two sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, they become two tribes in the 12 tribes of Israel. And you're going to see at our end... Not are they only fruitful all during their lives, but because Joseph allowed the nation of Israel to survive. By the way, in these next 400 years from 70 people, they'll grow to more than 2 million. From that will come Jesus Christ. We got more about that later. So he was fruitful. Why was Joseph fruitful in the beginning? Even before this prophecy over him in blessing. Why? You remember? First time he arrives, he arrives in in Egypt, and it says he's sold into slavery, and he goes to Potiphar's house. But remember, we talked about the little word, and it said God was with him. And later on, Joseph's successful because God was with him. That's the key. So why was Joseph continuing to be successful? Because God was with him. How will you be successful? Hello. God will be with you. It's all about God. It's not doing my thing. Joseph learned to do God's thing. Now, what was the real source? Certainly it was God. Today, what was the real source of that fruitfulness? Let me give you an example. I go over to one of the nurseries here, and I buy a little orange tree. And I bring it in, and I set it right down here in front. It's healthy. Nothing on it yet, but it's very healthy. And we leave it there about 10 weeks. No water. And you come in every Sunday and go, where's your fruit? Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit on this thing? 
Would you really expect any fruit ever to come? No, why? Because why? There's no source of what? Strength and water. Joseph is a vine, a fruitful vine, planted, look at the verse, what? Near a, a spring or living water. All through the Bible, the Bible has lots of analogies to the word of God. One's bread of life. The other is living water. How will you be fruitful? You cannot separate yourself from the study of God's word. You say, Pastor Mark, I I read the Bible every Sunday. Pretty good, eh? To start, good job. How fruitful? Not very. You got to be in the Bible. It's got to be in you. This is the living water that makes me fruitful. Do you understand that? That's that whole thing I'm telling you before. We're finishing this series. I love to do serieses. I think they're important. Some of you are here just because of the series. Well, I'm glad you joined us. And see, when the series is over, you go, well, that's like, no, I'm free. I'll do one on marriage. Well, my marriage is healthy. Here we go. I'm free. I'll do one on finances. Hey, fine. Money's coming in. Everything's fine. I'm free. And you go back to wherever your normal life is. And God is kind of on the periphery, but not much. Let me tell you what will happen. In a few weeks, you will no longer be free. In a few weeks, your marriage will be a disaster. In a few weeks, finances, it's over. Why? You're no longer by the living water. Two weeks from today, I get back. Oh, Pastor Mark, what's the next series you're going to teach? (laughs) I'm working on some things, but you know what we normally do is just open the word of God and teach. Well, that's boring. No, God helps me never make it boring. But you got to understand it isn't the series that sets you free. It's the word of God that sets you free. So don't fall into this crazy thing of, well, you tell me when the next series is and I'll be by. You'll never be fruitful. Do you get it? It's the simple plotting through God's word daily in your home. In your marriage, here at church, Wednesdays, small group. It's the faithfulness of just sticking and hanging with God. You can't hang with God and not be in his word. This is where the living water comes. You will never be fruitful. And if you're not fruitful, you'll never please God. And if you don't please God, you'll never be free. So make sure you're coming. If that this church... Another church, somewhere in a place where you're learning the word of God. This thing about a tree, I won't take but a second. Psalm 1, it ought to sound familiar to you. David wrote this in Psalm 1. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The word is in him. And he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does simply prospers. That's the key. It's being there. Everywhere Joseph went, he found God's favor. Why? Because God was the primary focus in his life. Turn to chapter 50. Now, after they go and bury Jacob, and you got to get this part very, very quickly. Let's begin down in verse 14. After burying his father, and they took him back to Israel... Joseph returned to Egypt together with his brothers and all the others 
who had gone with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, circle these two words, what if? What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? You see, now that Jacob, the father, was dead, Joseph's brothers think like this. Well, dad's gone. He was the only one that protected us against Joseph. Now that he's gone and Joseph's in control, he's going to get revenge and he's going to get even. By the way, let me tell you, this is 17 years after Joseph forgave his brothers. When they came before him and he went, hey, I'm Joe. And they went, okay, it's over. He said, no, I forgive you. You sold me, God sent me. 17 years ago, he offered forgiveness. They'd been living together for 17 years. It was fine. Here they are, beginning the what if game. And then in verse 16 and 17, they lie. Look at this. So they sent word to Joseph saying, they're still trying to get dad in here. Your father left these instructions before dad. This is a lie. He didn't leave this at all. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servant of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. For the last 17 years of their lives, Joseph's brothers were playing the what if game. Joseph had forgiven. They didn't believe it. Satan came to them over and over again during those 17 years in their mind. That's the battlefield and said to them, Joseph couldn't have forgiven us. We got to watch out because someday he's going to get revenge. For 17 years, they were not free because they were playing the what if game. What if Joseph hasn't really forgiven us? What if? You know, this is the same guilt game that Satan likes to play with us. During these last few weeks, many of you, thousands of you, have forgiven a certain person or circumstance. You prayed the prayer, an act of your will, and you said to God, I forgive them, I release them. You've done it. But here's what Satan's done to you. What if you really haven't forgiven them? You know, their name comes up, that situation comes up again. What if you really haven't forgiven them? Well, if you're playing the what-if game, you are not free. Second, some of you during this series had to go back into your life because of sins and say to God, that sinful lifestyle, boy, it was miserable. I, I ask you to forgive me, God. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess, will God? Yes. So God's forgiven you. But here's what Satan says. What if God, you know, those things were really bad. What if God hasn't really forgiven me for that sin? And we play the what if game again. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of strengthening our relationship with God. We were reminded that getting closer to God is the only way to have true peace and forgiveness and the ability to forgive. We learn from Joseph's example that complete forgiveness is possible, even the forgetting of past hurts. The teachings you've been hearing here on Lessons for Living Radio are part of Pastor Mark's series called 
Prison Break. His accompanying book of the same title is available for purchase online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com, along with other books and study materials. If you have any questions about today's message or would like to share a prayer request, we invite you to give us a call at 866-779-3441. Again, that's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will teach more about how and why Joseph was able to act lovingly toward his brothers. We will also find out through hearing the brothers' responses the damage that guilt can do to oneself. We will be warned against playing the what-if game and why. We'll be reminded about God's love for us and the need for us to share this love with others. Well, we've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Prison Break. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.